electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Well, tonight on Fast, it is all about you, the American shopper, and what America's biggest stores are saying about the future of the economy. They're all rolling out their numbers next week. Plus, listen to this. A good week for speaker company Sonos just got even better. The headline set shares the already surging stock even higher in the past hour. And be sure to stick around for the top of the hour for a special bonus hour of Fast which is all about spending in America. From booking your next trip to buying your next home, we are diving into all the ways things have changed for you, the consumer, what it means for your money. We've got a big audience, Kevin O'Leary, Chef Chris Coombs, and many more will join us at 6 p.m. Eastern. But in the meantime, we have got a lot to do right here. Oh, and by the way, hi, everybody. I'm not Melissa. She gets the night off. I'm Brian Sullivan. Thanks for joining us. And your traders tonight, Steve Grasso. Carter Worth, Bono and Eisen, and Nadine Terman. All right, let's get right to it. And so much to get through tonight. Let us begin with the market itself, because this has been nothing short of a juggernaut rally. Look at that. Now, the S&P 500, it may not have posted a monster gain today, but it doesn't matter. All it did was close at a record for the fourth straight day, which means the S&P has now hit an incredible 48 record highs this year. In fact, It has been 10 months since the index has even had a tiny 5% decline. Wow. And most incredible, perhaps, of all, the index has now doubled from the pandemic low. If you were smart or lucky enough or both to buy back at the March of 2020 low, you are up a cool 100%. Even as these gains come, even as we get some warning signs around consumer spending markets, they continue to move higher. Consumer sentiment, by the way, at its lowest level in 10 years, that set yields back down below 1.3%. So let's kick it off and tie it all together. Steve Grasso, what is all this market action that we have seen recently telling you? Are you getting nervous at all? I think as a trader, Brian, you're always nervous, right? You you never think you have all the answers. You threw a lot of information out there, and, and the one thing that has been the constant is even with a lot of these different pullbacks that we've seen since the pandemic low is that the market continues to go higher. So what do you make of that? And the reason and the reason why the market has gone higher is that Chair Powell is in the market's corner. I don't think he can do anything. Everyone's worried about taper and everyone's thinking about when that's going to take place. But if you really think about it, he has Delta to give him some fallout shelter in his, in his quest for tapering, which I don't think he wants to do. We know eventually he'll have to do it, but it sort of does give the all clear sign with different pullbacks. I'm sure we'll talk technicals where you could see the market giving back a substantial portion, 5, 10 percent, but then it will just ratchet its way back up because rates are low and they will continue to be low. I said before that 
that we would be talking about yeah. when we're at 177 or 174 in the 10-year, I had said that we're gonna talk about lower rates sooner than we're gonna talk about rates above 2%. So I think that in a nutshell, Brian, risk assets, risk on trading, you could decide whether it's value or whether it's growth or whether it's both. You know, listen, I love, I love me some Steve Grasso, Nadine, but I'll push back a little bit on that because we know that rates are key. But I, for one, am kind of, I'll be honest, kind of tired of talking about the Fed. What about the things underneath the hood of the market? For example, we've got corporate buybacks at record highs. The amount of available stock to buy is what, 30 or 40 percent lower than it was even a decade. All the deals, all the buybacks have reduced just the available supply of stock, four and a half trillion in cash on the sidelines, more money chasing fewer things. You don't have to go to the University of Chicago economic school to understand <laughs> that is likely to lead to higher prices. To you, what is behind all this market strength? Well, it's, it is the lower rates. It is the fact that people have a lot of savings. They have cash in their pockets. In fact, there's still a lot of dry powder out there that can support asset prices, especially risk asset prices. And so when we look ahead, liquidity matters. And you have people looking at things and on the down days picking them up. But I think you are right, Brian. There has been a lot of volatility under the surface. We're hitting you know, all-time highs, it seems, here every day, which is a little bit crazy to say. But underneath the surface, not everything's going up at the same time. And so you'll have a day where the market might be up 20 basis points, but individual stocks are you know, up or down 2 to 5% each. And so I think you really have to peel back the onion and say, well, which are the sectors, the geographies that will do well? What are the factor exposures? And so you do have to trade around this market a little bit and know where your position i don't think it's you know the tide lifting all boats well bottom one you know we like to look at the options market as well by the way options action 5 30 p.m eastern time check it out and you look at things like the the vvix or the skew index or put call ratios pardon me if i'm getting a little bit nervous right now does the, the does the fact that the market has been just so sanguine ticking higher nearly every day does that worry you at all? Is anybody out there in our box nervous, Bonoan? <laughs> uh, worry, um, I'm going to stop short of saying worry, but I always look at you know, some of the things that you pointed out to kind of inform my decision on, on how I should be positioned. You mentioned the VIX, you mentioned VXX, a, a few other metrics. Listen, uh, protection is relatively cheap right now. So uh, I'll tell you why I'm not nervous, because the cost of me protecting my portfolio portfolio is relatively cheap. So I might as well go on ahead and do some overlays or go on ahead and add some protection. That gives me calm. And I'm willing, as you, as you mentioned, we're up, we've, we've doubled from that, that pandemic low. <laughs> I mean, I don't, whether it's University of Chicago or whether it's the school of Las Vegas, go on ahead and take some winnings. That's house <laughs> money. And maybe you, maybe you leave the craps table and you go play yourself some blackjack. I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but it, my, my point is, <laughs> I'm looking at how okay, things how, are trading. No, I think I hold on, Bonwin. I want to jump in because I, I think there's some very actionable okay, advice okay. here, which is maybe I think and <laughs> I'm not going to speak for you. Tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe sell a little bit of the profits you've made and what? Buy a couple of longer dated put options on the overall market. What what exactly would you do? Well, well I, I wouldn't be a proponent of doing both. That's essentially doubling down. So I wouldn't sell something and then buy protection. I would just buy protection. And if the protection expires worthless, you've essentially sold something, right? You, you've, you've, you've gone ahead and spent that premium. 
if it works out True. in your favor, you've protected yourself. That, that would be the way that I would play that. Yeah, Carter Worth, you've heard the conversation, fundamental from the Fed and Steve and Nadine and Bonham. We're talking options and maybe buying protection. When you look at the charts and sort of factor in all known things as you do, do you see any reason for investor concern in the months ahead? Well, I think we're all trying to factor in all known things, of course, and, and feeling our way in the dark uh, to a large extent. But Nadine makes a point when he said not all boats. We know this. Yes, the S&P, which, of course, is dominated by a handful of big names, is making new highs. And yet the Russell hasn't made a high in five months. The Dow Jones transportation in four months. Financials uh, just trying now to eke out highs and so forth and so on. So it is about picking the right areas or picking the right stocks. Uh, trying to navigate, uh, because if it's just about the market, then the case can be made for just being in the market and, and not trying to pick stocks. It's all about getting your picks right. Carter, thank you very much. All right, more macro conversation coming up, no doubt. But right now, we have got an after-hours alert on Sonos. Shares surging after a judge ruled that Google infringed on five of Sonos's patents. Now, this adds to what has already been a very strong week for the stock, which reported earnings on Wednesday. Steve, this was a case you were watching closely. I believe you owned or still own the stock. you got to be loving that kind of headline. Of course, yeah. I've owned it. I've owned this stock for quite some time. I, I originally bought it with a 14 handle on it. I believed in it. I, I thought it was going to have a bright future in front of it. The other night when I was on with earnings, I had mentioned that um, I was still in it and that the big day was supposed to be today. So people that were in the name, people that tracked the name were more excited about the ruling today than about any one-off quarterly earnings. And the reason why they're so excited about it, Brian, is that you're, you're, CNBC has covered this pretty effectively. There were only five patents in the lawsuit today, but there's 150 infringements, but they could only get five patents in here. So the reason why they wanted to go uh, federal second was the federal level, the DOJ has never ruled against uh, the, the Trade Commission's ruling. So that leads us to believe that Google won't go federal, they'll just settle. So if they settle, then this becomes a licensing deal for the foreseeable future. Usually these licensing deals last 20 years. So I'll break it down to the viewer. This could be, $50 million in licensing fee going forward. Next year, if Sonos was gonna make 350 in EBITDA, 350 million EBITDA, 70 million or so with their other licensing deals, now you're talking about 420 million in EBITDA and, and 70 of it is licensing, there's gotta be a re-rating in the stock. So people feel yeah. that the stock is going much higher. I feel it's going much higher. I'm still long it. People have thrown out a number of $100. It's just whiteboarding it at this point, but this is all tailwinds. This is a huge win for Sonos, and they might go after Amazon. I, I don't know. I don't know anything that you don't know, but yeah. I know there's a lot of infringements. <laughs> well, and, and, and we know that those are great points because, Nadine, to Steve's point, you know what is not at risk licensing revenue. You don't have to worry if customers buy your product or not. That is almost risk-free money for Sonos. Do you own or would you own or do you want to own Sonos? <laughs> 
That's right. I think Steve nailed it on the points. Our estimated to be around 10% increase of EBITDA. That's a big number, and what you're pointing out is right. It's the consistency of that EBITDA. You don't have to get new growth. You don't have to come out new products. It's you're just basically getting a royalty off of somebody else's stream. And they've sold tens of millions of these speakers that are now infringing. And so you, as an investor in Sonos, you've got to like that. Doesn't hurt Google that much in terms of, um, obviously, its profits. But when you look at a company like Sonos, it's a big deal. All right, Nadine and Steve, thank you very much. Sonos now up 8.5% after hours. All right, coming up. Well, you may not care that much about bond yields, but you should. Because a small move there can move big tech in a big way. Coming up, the Chartmaster will lay out his thoughts on where rates and maybe stocks will be headed next. And we're sorry to say it, but earnings season is not over just yet. we still got a ton of retail names on deck next week. So we're going to play a good old-fashioned game of shop it or drop it. See how the traders are playing all those stocks, those retailers, your money. Coming up next, Fast Money, back in two minutes. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. Well, 10-year yields, they took a big leg down today, primarily on that weaker sentiment data. But if rates do rise from here, it could mean big shifts on where certain stocks are headed. Let's dive into the charts with the chart master, Carter. Take it away. Sure. I mean, before looking at the charts, uh, just to be clear, I am forever and always in the camp that uh, the cost of 10-year money being at 1.2 or 1.4, 1.6 or 1.1, 1.5 has nothing to do with the three to five-year DCF work and assigning a multiple to a growth stock. However, the market seems to think that it matters a lot, and uh, on any given day it does. Let's look at some charts. First, two yield charts. The first is just the 10-year yield chart as uh, we all know it and see it. No judgments or annotations by me. The second is with the lines as my eye sees it, which is to say the move down since 1.77 has been very orderly. We know we hit 1.12 uh, about a month ago in mid-July. But interestingly, when we rallied to 1.38 this week, we hit our head to the penny at that upper band of the downward sloping channel. And we closed today at 1.28, a real setback for those in the camp that uh, were heading higher. In fact, consensus is still close to 2% at the end of the year for 10-year yields. I do not believe that's going to play out. In any event, let's look at some uh, tech names, a few charts. First is just the tech sector itself. This is the XLK, uh, the way to capture the whole sector. And how would you characterize it? I would call that an uptrend. Uh, there's not much else to say. Yes, and so it's a stay long, be long circumstance, if you will. Now, two stocks. 
A stock that looks a lot like the sector, look at HubSpot's next chart, HUBS, up and to the right, north by northeast, orderly, steadily, never gets too steep. A classic stay long, be long, looks like the sector, it's a favorite. And then uh, to end with MongoDB, uh, software name also, this has been a laggard, and yet the setup, you can call it whatever you want to call it, I've annotated there like a head and shoulders bottom, but the point is, uh, this is poised, I believe, to play catch up with the sector and to deliver some outright up performance on its own. All right, good charts there from Carter Worth. Uh, let's trade this. Bonowin, uh, how much do rates play into everything? You know, I actually think the rate thing has been spoken about ad nauseum, and, it, and it's, I, I don't know, I, I feel like we've distilled it down and oversimplified that. For me, I'm actually looking more at credit spreads, right? So you have rates, we're talking about the 2 cent yield and how it's going to affect banks, how the longer end of the curve is uh, sentiment around GDP and growth prospects. But for me, it's, it's really about the Fed, and I, and I know you are tired of hearing about them, but it's really about them striking a delicate balance between tapering asset purchases and high yield purchases and what they're going to do with their target rate. Because as you can see from a lot of data, like when we have rollovers or spreadening or widening in the credit market, particularly the high yield credit market, that trickles down and correlates much better with small businesses and how they're going to continue. Like th those have been the, the companies that have not had the same access to credit and low rates that these large behemoth companies have. Those are the things that I'm focusing on more than just any um, particular rate, but how rates trickle down into, into different credit uh, pockets in the market. Yeah, good stuff. And, and Nadine, I want to be clear. I mean, I've been tired of talking about the Fed since the Ben Bernanke. I used to have a Fed jar on set on a show called Street Signs. Every time someone brought it up, they had to throw a dollar in it because I feel like it's just an easy excuse. I understand how much it matters, right? But it's like my, my least favorite saying is, it is what it is like you're not saying anything right the federal reserve is a convenient excuse for everything stocks go up it's the fed's fault stocks go down it's the fed's fault that's my point there still rates do matter what are you watching in the rates market what kind of stuff do you think will happen if if rates do go up i think there's two things one is there's a misunderstanding that when tapering occurs Rates don't just jump up. Usually before that is when rates have gone up. And you actually usually see rates go down after tapering post QE. And so if you think that tech is still going to be a bond-like security, uh, then it actually should benefit tech. So I agree with Carter on this. Looking at tech, it's in, in a bullish formation. It should continue. And the second point, if you want to bring up the chart about implied volatility, we like to look at the options markets. And what you see here, um, is about where people are actually positioned. You've got the QQQ, so that's tech, at a 55% implied volatility premium. It means people are paying up for protection. Same thing with MGK, which is mega cap growth, 44%. But then you look at the red bars, the small bars, and what you have there is the XLF, the financials are actually at a discount, minus 20. So people are already positioned as if rates are going up. And Carter mentioned people are thinking it's going to be at 2% for the 10-year. And we're on the opposite of that. We actually would take the contrarian view and say go long tech because pe people are already positioned on the opposite side. Nadine, Bonowin, thank you. All right, coming up. We are getting some big moves from the so-called smart money. We're going to dive into what they call the 13 Fs, the whale watching. What do the biggest hedge funds own? That's ahead. Plus, 
The options traders are putting on their tool belts and they are hammering into one big home improvement stock in a jam-packed options action. Do not go anywhere. We're not done. We're back in two. There's your mystery chart. See if you can guess. All right, we've got a news alert right now and some moves in biotech. Leslie Picker has literally been scouring SEC headlines and databases all day long and joins us now with more on what the pros are buying. Leslie. Yeah, Brian, all day. It's really just been the last two hours. We've seen a slew of these 13F filings come, and the deadline's not until Monday. So a couple of these fund managers really getting ahead of the curve here. Uh, Cotuz stood out to me as one that was really interesting, some pretty interesting moves during the second quarter, namely in the biotech space, as you mentioned, specifically with regard to BioNTech, a 262% boost in that position to hold just about $300 million as of quarter end. Also, massive jump in Moderna, 388% jump in the holdings in that stock to $1.4 billion as of quarter end. So clearly very bullish uh, on the prospects for the vaccine. Uh, also, on the FANG front, a uh, big boost in Amazon up that stake by 64% to hold $1.5 billion worth of Amazon and a 34% boost in Facebook as well. Peloton, though, uh, for those of you who are watching this you know, well-known stay-at-home stock, they increased that stake, tripled that stake to hold about half a billion dollars in Peloton. And with regard to Chinese tech in particular, Lee Auto, they pared back that stake uh, by nearly 90%. They used to hold $1.4 billion worth. Now that stake's just $50 million as of the end of June. Of course, these positions all may have changed in the six weeks or so since then, Brian, but still interesting moves nonetheless by Co2, which is a hedge fund that we follow very closely. Back over to you. Maybe they see maybe they see booster shots ahead as well. Moderna stock's been red hot, mm -hmm. by the way. Leslie Picker. Leslie, great to see you as always. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. All right. Unbelievably already time for our final trade. Let's go around the horn now. Steve, kick it off. So I'm going to go with a name I've been long for quite some time, Chewy. Everyone during the pandemic bought a pet or added a pet, and they got to feed those pets. So active customers are increasing. That means that sales are increasing. That means revenues are increasing, Brian. Chewy. Chewy. Bonowin. The trend is your friend, Uber Technologies. I know it's tempting to jump in, but don't catch a falling knife. Let it base. Find a level. Nadine. For the gold bugs, you need to trim your gold. So gold hit the top end of our trading range today. So if you've got some, trim it. If you're looking to short it, you can short it. You can do it through an ETF like the GLD. Nadine does not love gold. Carter Worth. <laughs> Bonwin said one of the great lines of all time, the trend is your friend. QQQ, stay long, be <laughs> There you go, long and strong on the triple Qs. Guys, thank you very much. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.